When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ah, yeah. Welcome in on a Tuesday, August. What is it? The 31st. Today's the last day of August, Barrett. Flying by. Summer's just flying by, man. That's right. We got rain coming and football coming. And we got a lot of news today. A lot of stuff is developing uh, prior to this show, uh, just hitting the airwaves here at 11 o'clock on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Harry Mays and Barrett Brooks. We'll take you till one o'clock. We got uh, Ed Kratz coming on today at 1230. The Eagles Maven uh, on Sports Illustrated. We'll talk some birds with him because there's developing situations with the regards to the roster. There's um, situations regarding our former quarterback. There's quarterbacks being released all around the NFL, including in Dallas and one up in New England that I think has caught a lot of people by surprise today. Uh, we'll, we'll get into all that stuff. Plus, we got some leftover stuff. We have, I love leftovers, Barrett. <laughs> like, not only in good food, you know, you go you go into that fridge and you're just like, man, I don't feel like making anything. Or, or, or the old lady doesn't feel like making anything. I'm like, you know, don't worry about it. Let's just eat the leftovers. Some stuff, some stuff's better warmed up like spaghetti. than it is. Yeah, exactly. A lot of pasta dishes are great live, but they're even better as leftovers. No question. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, I don't. I can't promise you that our stories that are left over from yesterday are going to be any better today. But we do have to hit on this whole Mets uh, situation. They they are just imploding. What happened, in, man? Up at Queens. And now they're going at it with their fans, and we love all this stuff. Even uh, Lenny Dykstra weighed in on his Twitter, and I don't know if his Instagram, but I know he did it on Twitter. Uh, I wanted to play the audio, but I found out we can't because it's laced with too many F-bombs. I don't know what the F-bomb limit is, like the the tipping point of F-bombs, but evidently Lenny exceeded it, and we're not allowed to play it. But, is, is, is that is that is that a shock to you? No, not the- at all. No, not at all. I've done some radio shows with Lenny Dykes. In fact, he and I almost came to blows. Get out of here uh, during one of the radio shows. Yes, I'm not. I'm not kidding you. He threatened I me. Him, yeah. I interviewed him one time, man. Yeah. And uh, at that point in his life, it was like five or six years ago. It was on Bob. He had told me that he was like a male escort. Oh yeah, <laughs> to He's, older women. Yeah, right, right. Cougars, <laughs> milfs, loves them. Who doesn't? Yeah. He said that's how he's making a living back then. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> he was a stockbroker. He was a, a male escort. I mean, he, he's like a, he's probably into Bitcoin now, too, because everybody, <laughs> anybody that is anything is into Bitcoin. You know, every Man. quote unquote entrepreneur, you know, right. is, is home right. day trading and investing in Bitcoin and right. NFTs. I, I, yeah. I tried that for a second. It's just it, I don't have the acumen to do that, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere near, you know, and I'm not going to sit down and try to read all that stuff and do no. all that. I'm just not doing no, it. No, no, me either. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to get into to that story. And I, by the way, if you have seen Lenny's uh, response, uh, I completely agree 100 percent 
with Lenny Dykstra on this situation. But anyway, we're going to get to into that. Barrett still has uh, his take on the on the boxing match that went on over the weekend. I think it was Sunday night, right? Woodley and Paul, yeah. Yeah, Woodley. Your boy Woodley from, from the STL. From St. Louis. Yeah, he's from yeah. the STL. He's from the crib. From the so crib. I'm thinking, so I'm just thinking, you know, first of all, Paul talked about his mom. Called his mom out, number okay. one. Now, which That's Paul that. is this? This is the younger brother, Jake Paul. Jake Jake Paul, okay. Yeah, well, he's the younger brother. He's okay. not the one that fought... Um, for what's his name? You know, it was it, it. This is the younger brother. Okay, not you Les know, he, Paul. Not not Les. Not not Paul George. No, not, not. <laughs> but Jake Paul or Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah. No, not CP3. All right, okay. but this is just a guy that you know, an internet sensation. He got bored with getting up. With, I mean, he got bored with going on social media and saying, "Hey, you know, good morning. This is you know Jake Paul or whatever." He got tired of that, so he started boxing. Mm-hmm. Had three bouts before it, did pretty well. Won all three. He's going into fight number four, I think. I think it was yeah. fight number four, fight number five. I forget how many fights, but he's an amateur for real, for real. Mm-hmm. I mean, he you know he can't box. So I'm thinking Woodley is a seasoned MMA vet. He's from St. Louis. I mean, he's actually from Ferguson, where all that stuff had happened. Oh yeah, him. right, right. And I'm thinking he's just gonna get tired and just say, you know what, I'm about to whoop your tail. Right. And he just didn't do it. It almost seemed like it was staged. Like you think he laid down? You know, he threw I, the fight. I, I think he did, man. I, did? I, and, I, and and that's why I hate to do it to me because you know he's from the crib. He's from right. St. Louis, man. You can't just sell out for the money like that when you're from the crib, man. Right. And, hey, did you spend uh, money on the fight? Did you watch? Uh, it's pay per view, right? I'm embarrassed to say that I spent the fifty nine dollars. Fifty nine dollars. Fifty nine bucks. Wow, that's outrageous. Yes, yes. And, and and it was the worst fight ever. He only he only won one round. Wow. He only fought. How many one rounds round. was it? How many how many rounds? Eight rounds. Eight, eight rounds. rounds. Okay. He wow. won one round. All right. We got breaking Eagles news here. I see. Your buddy, our buddy, Dave Zangaro, who we got to have on the show this week. D Zangaro NBCS says the Eagles have traded Matt Pryor, your boy, to the wow. Colts. See, I knew he was going to make a deal with the Colts for an offensive lineman. Had we to. were thinking maybe Dillard. It ends up they get rid of this bum, Matt Pryor, who stinks. <laughs> stinks. And they got a sixth-round pick for him. Wow, that's great work by by um, by, by well, uh, they, Howard. They Howard. swap picks, evidently. The Eagles get a sixth in 2022, and the Colts get the Eagles seventh in 2022. So they swapped, and he moved – you know, they, they swapped the seventh for a sixth, so they gain a round. That's all you can get from Matt Pryor. I'm surprised they even got that. I know. I thought he was going to be on the cutting block. I thought he he probably would be released. He if would they be, couldn't yeah. make this deal today at four o'clock, he's probably on the street. Yeah, he he would try to find another home. Yeah, and he'll probably he's going to be one of those guys that leaves and starts balling. You no, know what I mean? No, he's not. Are you serious? <laughs> Remember King wow. Dunlap? We said the same thing about King Dunlap. King Dunlap he ended up having a great season. Well, great rest of his career. He went to that San was a Diego. long time ago, man. He that was, was a long. Where did he go to the Chargers? Didn't he? Went to the Chargers, San Diego yeah, Chargers yeah. back then. King Dunlap, and be, you know, became a pretty good player, man. But yeah, I hate to do it to him, man. I, I they traded for. Oh my goodness! That's well, who was the guy? Work. Who was the guy we traded for Doriel Green Beckham, the dude with the long hair? Oh yeah! Oh my goodness! Was, was it Kelly? Name? His last yes. name was Kelly. Dennis Kelly. Now he ended up having a couple of decent years for them. I mean, if you're he starting couple, in the he's NFL, still is he still, still down start? there? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he starts. 
Wow. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Doriel Green's backup was a stiff. Did we lose out on that one? I mean, oh, that totally. might be one of the worst. Yeah. One of the worst, totally. you know. Totally well, at this stiff. point, Jannard Avery's we we, we got to see what's going on with him. We've got a we traded a fourth rounder for him. Mm-hmm. People forget that. Right for Cleveland, right? A couple yeah. years ago. Like yeah. I, mean, I want to say maybe ago. two years ago. Yeah. 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 He has yet to do anything right now, man. But you know, it's, right. it's at least you know they 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 got some value from trading a guy that was just a bump on the log. I mean, he's probably going to get fours. cut. Yeah, no question. Right, he was. right, no question. Yeah. He just so, didn't have any fight in him. Right. So to, to repeat, the Eagles have traded Matt Pryor to the Colts, and in exchange, they move up around from the seventh round. They trade their seventh rounder to the Colts. Then they, they get the sixth rounder from the Colts. So there you go, pick swap from <laughs> Matt Pryor. Now some other Eagles news. You see uh, the picture behind me, Barrett. Yes. All right. One of our favorite country boys. Yes, sir. Uh, from, I believe, Hickory, North Carolina yes. is where he, he hails from. Um, because he looks like a rest. He looks like a guy that would get into the wrestling ring, like the old Haystacks Calhoun guy when I was a kid. Right. Wore right. Those bib overalls. Yeah. Hacksaw Jim Duggan in later life. Yeah. Yep. And then they, you know, they'd say in this corner, hailing from Hickory, North Carolina. <laughs> You know, weighing in at 336 pounds, Landon Dickerson. Ding, 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 ding. And the guy would lift up his arm, you know. That was back in the old days. But Landon Dickerson has been activated Great. to the roster. Yes. Along with McLeod. Yes, yes. Chase. That so, means we're getting close to season. Right. That's exactly how it's supposed to fall just like this. We were thinking these guys weren't going to be able to play until later on in the season. Mm-hmm. Well, they activate them now, so now you go play around it. They're not gonna BS with this situation. Get them guys out there and play, man. Get them out there and play. I believe the way he's been running around, the way I've seen him in practice, you know, he doesn't look like anything's wrong with him. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he's got a young body still. Right. So he body heals hot faster than a lot of people, man. So yeah, he's probably he's about ready to play. He's gonna start competing for anywhere on the offensive line. He plays anywhere on the offensive right. line, anywhere. That's going to be interesting to see, you know, where he fits, like where, yep. where his first position will be. You know, the thing is that really gives you reason to feel good about this is that they always like sustain an injury on the offensive line there. I mean, you know, Lane Johnson, you know, we talked about Carson Wentz being sort of injury prone. Lane Johnson has found his way to a lot of injuries. Now no he's question. played through most of them uh, to his credit. I mean, he's a, he's a tough dude and, and maybe, you know, he's never at 100%, but he gets hurt a lot. Brandon Brooks gets hurt a lot, and yeah, they, they yeah. seem to be big injuries, you know, like Achilles tears, all that kind of stuff. He's had multiple uh, Achilles tears, I believe, right? Yep, yep, both of yep. them. So, you know, uh, this is a great situation for for, for, for this team that Langan Dickerson yeah. is, is healthy enough to get off the PUP list and is heading into the season right. on the active roster. That means he could play game one. He could go out and practice right now full speed. If they if they allowed them to, so to me that's a, that's a, that's a you know going in the right direction. I always tell you you know what 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 Kelsey's held together with you know what I mean. I mean he's the he's the walking wounded. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a small guy, but he plays a physical game. He plays the game aggressively. So of course you're going to go out there and you're going to get hurt a lot. Right. So because of that, you got to have somebody in the wings that can come in and be an instant impact, an instant player. And I think they have that in Landon Dickerson. And you know I think the future is Landon Dickerson. Going, moving into the the left guard, left position. guard, and say Amala to center to eventually, center. Yep. right? I is think that what you're thinking? That's the move. That's the yeah. move right there. That's the so move. you know. So you, you're looking ideally at Mylata, Dickerson, Sayamalu, 
Brooks, and Johnson. That's an all that's healthy. An all-star. That is an all-star offensive oh, no line question. if they're healthy. No question. If they're in college, they'd be all Americans all the right. way across the board. Right, right. All the way across the board. That is pretty sick. But I mean, it's also huge that, that uh, McLeod is back. You know, McLeod being back gives them a a, a certain sense of a of um you know with the with the secondary. It gives them a little bit of all right out of that moment because you know right. he's going to put you where you're supposed to be at, and he's going to be that deep set. He's going to be the last line of defense, and he's very good at that. He plays the game aggressive sideline to sideline. But at least you know you have a guy back there that's going to be able to help out these young um. You know these young slot guys and get them in the right, put them in the right direction. So I mean, this is gonna be this is gonna be looking good. You know, in fact, the slot position right now has the most inexperience with Avante Maddox. Right. To me, that's a that's a good problem to have when you have a guy like that being the youngest guy out there. You know, everybody else is good to go. Yeah, and I'm looking on Jeff McLean's uh, Twitter. Of course, he's talking about the trade, and he got a tweet from a from a fan says that's too damn cheap for him. And Jeff copies the tweet. And retweets it and says, Pryor was going to get cut. Getting right. anything is a win. So there you no go. Question. Yeah. You know, so. you, you know you're gonna get cut when Driscoll starts in front of you. Mm-hmm. Rookie last year started in front of him the right. first game of the season. I'm surprised he made it last year. I'm telling you, man. So if they it, had, what they have like they had like almost like 15 offensive linemen in camp, didn't they? Yes. Yes. So, I mean, do you anticipate any more of these guys being moved? I mean, um, you know what? There's still maybe a chance that Diller gets moved. How many do they keep? Do you think they always keep like at least 10? Okay. 10 All right, so, so let's go through the 10 that you think you're going to keep. You got the starting five of Malata, Samalu, Kelsey, Brooks and Johnson. There's your five. Now your second Dickerson, obviously. Yep. Um, Driscoll. Jake Driscoll, yes. Toth. Toth is going to be there. Yes. Yeah, you like Toth. I like him. I do. Um, who's the next guy? Who am I missing? You're going to have Nate Herbig. Oh, Herbig. Right, right. He, he, got he's, got, he's had some playing time. Right, right. Yeah, so he's going to yeah. play a lot. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sad to say. Now, who's the 10th keep... guy? That's nine. Now, I think they're going to go with Opeta, even though he doesn't deserve really? to be there. I think it'll keep Opeta, yeah. yeah. Why do you think that? Be- I mean, because be- he's be- been awful. Awful, awful. But he's just one of the most experienced guys at that position. I would like for them to keep um, uh, Coyote, Owasaka. I'd rather them keep him. Now, he- talking about a guy that can play. He can play, man. He can play. You know, he's for Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, played played with the, with the tight end, Jackson. Right in uh, college, Buffalo in yeah. college, yeah. But he right. just—he's more refined of a player, more aggressive of a player. Great feet, plays the game with a nasty disposition. I like the way he plays, man. So I'm—I'm I, I'm anxious to see if they're going to keep him or they're going to keep Coyote. Now both a, guys aren't, aren't on—they're on the list yet. They're not on the cut list yet. Right. So one of those two makes the team. Evidently, they got rid of that Pierce Bacher already. Yes, I think they and, released and, him. As they should, they yeah. got him. Piersbacher is gone. Um, after that, man, and that's you know, it. That's it. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's between those two guys. Oh, the Raven Clark, he's, he's another gone. one. Yeah, he's gone already. Yeah, he's gone. Okay, okay, so he's out. Yep. That coyote, man, that's a wild name right. and a way to spell it. K A Y O D E. That is a coyote. great way to say it. Yep, that's a great way to say it. 
Awasaka. So, but look at me. If you look at the if you look at their depth chart. Mm-hmm. I'm looking. I like at what it. I see. I like yeah. what I see. I like what I see. But yeah, man, these two young guys, you know, like I said, LaRaven Clark and Coyote Wasiki, these two can play, man. They're nasty players. Mm-hmm. Opeta just didn't have it for me. You know, he I just know. He, he just he he gets his, he gets his ass kicked too much. Well, you I know, watched. I, I saw him get his butt kicked in that Jets game a few times. Right, right, you know? right. So I mean, like you know, playing up against you know some some other backups. So imagine. I mean, imagine if you had to bring that guy in in a pinch. And that's the problem because they would no have good. to bring him in on a pinch. So yeah, I, I don't want him. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, they're going to make the decision to bring in a guy that that they might want more experience. You know than than Clark and uh, Owasaki. So, so I mean the big the big things now, I guess, as we await four o'clock and the final, you know, the deadline for the cutdowns is, you know, the who are the fourth and fifth wide receivers going to be? Who's going right. who's going to get cut from that group? Um, you know, Dillard does he get traded between now and the deadline? Right. <laughs> um, we you know, didn't even bring him up. He's a part of that. He's a part of that. Well, 10. that's true. That's right. So hold on a second. You're right. He's a part of that ten. So the the backups then see they have Andre Dillard in our, our lads who usually does a really good job has Dillard as the starting left tackle. I know and that's that's totally wrong. Yeah, that's, that's somebody wrong. That's not, somebody that hasn't been watching Philadelphia sports. That's what so it would be Dillard, Dickerson, Herbig, Driscoll, and. Tell- Toth, that's yep. ten. Yep. Toth, so Opeta, uh, maybe they, you know, maybe they can save one of these guys like a Wasika, who you seem to like on a practice squad or something. He'll go to the practice squad. Yeah. And I think Laraven Clark will go to the practice squad. Okay. And then Opeta gets he gets zipped. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to get zipped. <laughs> I hate to do it to him, you know. <laughs> but you know what surprised me? They cut uh, Matt Leo. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the guy from from um, Australia. They could keep him on a roster as an exempt position. They still cut him. Oh, really? So I'm trying to think. Well, are they gonna bring in somebody else from? Well, yeah, he's Northern a defensive team? end. Yeah, yeah. So I was surprised with that. Um, I was still want to see who's gonna be the backup defensive lineman. Also, you know, I say T. Y. McGill and um, uh, Hassan Ridgeway. Right now, mm-hmm. they're tip for tat. They're going at it right now. You know, two older guys are going at it. You know, so I want to see who who wins that battle. Well, Milton Williams is obvious. Yeah, he's going to be right. Well, sweat no is obvious. Obvious. Uh, Carrigan. Um, yeah, Carrigan. BG. What about Patrick Johnson? See, there's another. There's another guy that that um they don't know what they're going to do with him. You know, mm-hmm. at the linebacker position, he's a he's a Tulane guy. He went yeah. to Tulane, yeah. and and Taron Jackson is the guy that we were talking about yesterday that that could be in a spot. Yep, seventy five. I think Coastal he, Carolina. He's gonna go. I think he's gonna. He's gonna. They're gonna try to cut him and put him on a practice squad. I think they'll do the same thing with Patrick Johnson. Both mm-hmm. of these guys, they're gonna be scared. Of, you know, see if these guys are gonna um, make it through waiver and clear waivers. Because Jackson showed enough of that last game that the team might be interested in him. I think Patrick Johnson, he'll make it kind of easy. You know, because um, he has a lot. He's he's still rough around the edges. You know, he's that uncut diamond. They're hoping that he you know matures into a a really good. Sam linebacker, but at this point, he's too rough around the edges to think that he can come in and really compete for a job at the linebacker position. Mm-hmm. Although the position that they have him in is the same one they have Jannard Avery in, and it's not necessarily a um 
a rush linebacker. See, this is this is why I think we didn't see a lot of what they're going to do in the regular season. Because so, I saw a lot of Navajo or, you know, or you call it bare fronts. Mm-hmm. When you cover both guards with defense alignment and the center with a defense alignment. You know, when you cover those three up and then you have guys on the outside that are defensive ends. And that's what I'm saying. That Sam guy, the Sam linebacker guy who becomes a defensive end, that's what they're going to use Jannard Avery as. You know, and mm-hmm. Patrick Johnson could fill them shoes also. So, you know, they mean they're going to schematically use these guys in a position where they're going to be more so rush ins and, and not Sam linebackers. But, you know, this all this um, all this year on, on, in the preseason games, they were at linebacker level, which really right. isn't what they want them to do anyways. They don't want them at linebacker level. You know what I'm saying? A guy that they cut that I didn't think they were going to cut was uh, was uh, what's his name? Jackson. Let me look it up. Um, where is he at? He's already been Teron Jackson. Yeah. No, he's not. He hasn't been. No, 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 not, not Jackson. Um, um, Rashad Smith. I'm sorry, Rashad. Smith. Oh, okay. Now Rashad Smith, they liked him a lot, but they liked him at the Will linebacker, Will and Mike linebacker. They liked him a lot, and I thought he showed some flashes, but he just didn't make enough plays to garner them to keep him on the roster. But they cut him, you know, the mm-hmm. cut Rashad. So I. I I thought he was going to be a guy that had a legitimate shot of making a play, but he didn't make enough plays, and especially that last game. He got beat a couple down times on some missed tackles, and you can't do that when you're trying to highlight yourself, man. You no. got to be. You, these guys had the opportunity Not- of making it happen because they played a lot. The, thir- the threes and fours yeah. played more than any other time I've ever seen in a preseason. They got ample opportunity to show and put their put their resume out there. Yeah. A lot of guys, you know, didn't take advantage of those opportunities. And I'll tell you, it's glaring too when if you're watching these preseason games, seat and seeing your second, third string guys getting beat in second yes. halves in these yes. games by other guys who are second and third stringers. You're like, wow. Exactly. And that's the that? problem. That's what it is, Harry. That's the problem right, right there because these guys had opportunities to go out there and show what you can do. You know what I'm saying? You only get one time to make a first impression. Now mm-hmm. imagine a GM looking at those guys out there. Like at this point, I don't I don't see why they haven't cut um uh the, the rookie from from USC. The rookie defensive tackle from USC. Um was it Marlon uh was it Tupulu? Oh yeah, yeah, he's way Tupulutu. down the depth of sixth round pick. Yeah. Uh, Tupaludo or something. Yeah. Tupaludo. I don't know. He got Let's just call him Marlon. Okay. Let's just call Like when anybody has a name like that, he's just going to be a first name guy. Marlon T. (laughs) Right. Marlon T. It looks like Tua Pulotu. Yeah. He got whipped. Right. He couldn't stop the run. And that that became a problem for me watching this team. They could not stop the run to save their lives in the second half. What is their obsession with these Pac 12 guys that always seemed like not all of them, but majority of them seem to just never pan out? Uh, for the Eagles. Exactly. Now, for the Eagles, they just don't do it. Yeah, man. they just don't. They, but they're obsessed with the scouting that Pac-12. I don't get Why? it. Why? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just go you down all, south. Right go exactly. to the SEC. Exactly. You know I'm, I'm not even saying go to the Big 12. Right. I'm even taking my, I'm taking my conference out of it. Right. I'm just saying go to the SEC. And right. Well, look at Washington there. football team's defensive <laughs> roster and shit. Look where they all went to college. You they see all what, New, with you know, exactly. what New England did with their first four picks last year in the draft? <laughs> two guys from Bama and two guys from Oklahoma. Let's exactly. not make it confusing. <laughs> you know, let's just not make this too confusing. Right. Let's sprinkle okay? a little Clemson here and there. Exactly. You know a little on, Ohio man. State. Right. You know, <laughs> a little dash maybe of, uh, I don't know, Baylor. I don't know. But just give me some. Just stay 
Stay south. in the south. Yes, yeah, stay uh, the, the equator. Yeah. This, this, <laughs> no need to fly all the way to the west coast. Seriously. We can leave it alone. Jeffrey Lurie doesn't need to send his jet out there. No, no. They've got forest fires going out there right Right, now. Leave them alone. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Wow. That's a bunch of natural disasters out there right now, isn't it, man? You been checking that out? No. Man, the the hurricane went through, man. It's it's, it's not as bad as it was. Out west. Yeah, yeah, that hit in Louisiana. And now it's coming uh, our way. Yeah. But and and you know if you look you know like of California and stuff like uh, Lake Tahoe is about to get hit with uh, these these uh, forest fires. You know they're trying to stop us yeah. from get to Lake Tahoe. So you know they they gotta they gotta make sure that's not messed up, bro. <laughs> Do whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. I mean uh, that's that, that's an every every year occurrence. I just had a buddy who just moved out of there and moved back home here uh, to Bucks County. He was living out there for twenty years, I think. Wow. And lived in san francisco and then up in sonoma and he dealt with that every summer i mean you just walk outside and and the, you know the skies is just filled with smoke and you know you just see fires off in the distance and it's crazy you it's got to be breathe, nuts yeah i know the air quality is brutal yeah man yeah it's crazy I, I can remember going and um i did a game i broadcasted a game in san fran and the air quality was so bad. It's like two years ago because, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't do games last year. But two years ago, um, I did. It was um, – who was it? It was Stanford. It's like Stanford, UCLA or something like that. So they played inside, you know, where the, where the 49ers play at. And the air quality was so bad, they almost canceled the game. They played the game anyways. But I was, you know, I was just up there and I was, you know, I was, you know, like coughing and everything because the air quality was so bad. I could – only imagine those guys that were on the field out there trying to play. Right. You know, it was, it was bad out there, bro. But. Now, AJB on the stream uh, just checks in. He says it's 1120 a.m. and someone is getting a sobriety test on the Schuylkill Expressway. <laughs> wow. I'll that was a great that was a great night then, wasn't it? Man, I'll tell you that. You know what they call that? Playing through. Right. Okay. <laughs> you went all night right into the next day. We're going to play through tonight. Right. <laughs> Strap it up. <laughs> wow. Oh, my wow. goodness. You know, you, hey, hey, you go hard and, and you try to make it home. Not go hard and go home, but go hard and try to make it home. Now, 91 LSXers <laughs> asks, is it Dykstra? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I wish I, I wish I could play that audio. Now, now we'll, we'll talk about that in the next half hour. And then we got Ed Kratz at 1230. We still got a lot of other football stuff. Uh, some releases going on around the league at the quarterback position. Wow, that and, was big. Yeah, yeah and, and Carson Wentz being placed on the reserve COVID list along with a couple of other teammates out in Indianapolis. It, it there is just always drama around this guy. Oh, t- like... Uh, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Jesus, come yeah, on. it's always something, Everything bro. finds him, whether it's an injury or, a, or a, you know, he rubs up against somebody that had COVID. It's just, my God, we just need him to stay on the field for 17 weeks. Is that to too us, much to ask? I guess it is, man. I guess it is, man. He's. I don't know, man. We'll talk about that when we come back. Bro. I mean, goodness gracious. All right, we're going to take a, qu- a quick time out. Like I said, we got the Eagles Maven, Ed Kratz, coming up. Uh, you've seen him on Birds 365 a few times, uh, knows his Eagles, and we got uh, some other stuff to hit. I know I'll find some more, too. It won't, it'll be mostly football. Oh, we got some Ben Simmons stuff, too. It wouldn't be August without what? something 
to do with Ben Simmons. Back on the Jacob Media YouTube channel with more from the middle uh, in three minutes. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Back on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, The Middle with Harry Mays, Barrett Brooks, Aton out this week. I'm not sure if it's the entire week or what, but I know it's at least through tomorrow. But uh, we, we got a lot to do here, Barrett. Lots going on. Things are developing with roster situations. We already told you that uh, the breaking news of the day was Howie Roseman managed to flip Matt Pryor. Uh, an underperforming offensive lineman on the depth chart <laughs> that probably would have been cut by 4 p.m. today. He flips him to Indianapolis in exchange for their sixth-round pick, and he also gave them our seventh-round pick. So a pick swap for Matt Pryor. You get a little something out of it. And, you know, I mean, is he the answer in Indianapolis for their depth? Um, You know what? 
I mean, he, Fisher's going to come back, but they lost that other left, uh, other tackle to an, I believe, an ACL. I think he's gone for a, the year. That's a season. That's a season-ending yeah. injury, yeah. you know. And he, he's he's serviceable. You know what I'm saying? He never lived up to expectations here because they couldn't really light a fire underneath him. I don't know. You know, hopefully that offensive lineman can light a fire. It's not that he doesn't have the tools to be a really, really good player. He has all the intangibles, man, but he just lacks the – I don't know. He just – He's just disenamored with 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 playing football. You know, if he plays, it's like, all right, I'm I'm playing. You know, all right, yeah. so what? But he's just he's not gonna he's he's not one of those guys gonna give you more than what he, you know what you see. Yeah. What you see is what you get with him. It's hard to stay in the league if you have that mindset. I think exactly. unless you're just uber talented. You know, right. Right. Sam and Tevy is the guy. Their offensive lineman that had the ACL tear over the weekend. So, so, you know, that's that's tough. That's tough. They, right. they probably need to go get Dillard also. Right. I guess that's what I'm saying. If you a bunch of them together, you can make one good offensive lineman. I right, guess. right. Can they play six <laughs> offensive linemen to get five to actually right. play? Uh, the other injury over the weekend was Irv Smith. We talked about it yesterday. The tight end, young tight end in Minnesota who's pretty good, has a meniscus injury. And, you know, I was thinking maybe, uh, you know, maybe how he uh, asked him about Zach Ertz. Yeah. You think Zach Ertz will be here come four o'clock? You know he's not going to get cut. Um, yes, I think he is going to be here. You do. Uh, he won't make the trade deadline though. I okay. doubt seriously he yeah. makes the trade deadline. Right. But you know well, there'll be he, other injuries before then. Yeah, that's the thing you can count on. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And you know what he brings to this 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 team is some stability at mm-hmm. that position. You know, it's. it's is you know it's health to skelter because guys are getting hurt at the tight end position, and we all know Hurts loves to go to his tight ends. Yeah, because they're big targets, number one. And I mean, Hurts is damn good at, at running routes and getting open. All right, now yeah. here's the here's the other big thing that came down just before the show. Uh, I saw on Twitter that the Pats, the Patriots, have released Cam Newton, so the he, Mac Jones era has begun. I and I think that that's a mutual, a, mu- a mutual cut. You know, I think Cam wants to go somewhere where he gets a legitimate opportunity for the entire season. Hell, he got well, benched last year. Where is that, year. though? Where is I, that? Man, I don't know. You and know it, what I you mean? I mean, <laughs> it, 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 you know, he, he, he feels as though he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So, I mean, Houston is Houston a spot? No, because don't, they don't have. Do they? Is he, isn't he better than Tyrod Taylor? No, not actually. I think they're He's on the not? same line. No, okay. I think they're on the same line. Well, if he can't get that, if he can't just go to, into the Houston Texans locker room and assume the starting quarterback position, where could he? Well, that's 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 what it is. I mean, there is no there is no team that right now is looking for a, a starting quarterback. But he must think so. If he if he, if you say it was a mutual thing where he wants a place where he's not threatened. But, you know, to eventually be booted to the curb, like sort of like a McNabb situation where he's Doug Peterson. Cam Newton is Doug Peterson, knowing that by week nine, he's probably going to lose his job to Mac Jones. There's no New question England. about that. And, okay. and, 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 you know, you got to tell about a guy, you know, that that Bel- and Belichick that said, all right, you know, this is going to happen. You see how this kid played in the preseason. Right. So, you know, he's going to be the guy. So, yeah. you know, there's there's noting that us, you know, sugarcoating anything, telling you and coddling you and saying, oh, you know, you're going to get an opportunity. No, he, this kid is going to play. He's shown the ability to play. But you got to look at Cam. Cam got benched for the, 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 the second team quarterback last year. It wasn't even close to being a Mac Jones. He got benched for the guy. You know what I mean? So, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, Cam is 
blowing the world up. That's why I say there's not there's not much difference between him and Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, there's not much difference at all. All right, now respect the stash on the stream brings up a a, a team. They need a backup. He's not the starter. But Dallas is in dire need. Now, they've made some moves oh. uh, in the last 24 hours, too, at the quarterback position. I was going to get to this. Yeah. They released Ben DiNucci and Garrett Gilbert. <laughs> so those guys are on the street. Look out. Did you really think that they were going to make the team? I well, mean, I, on, I don't man. know. I mean, you, you throw all three of those guys in a, in a paper bag and just it's the same guy. <laughs> Evidently, Cooper Rush has won the, ba- the backup job for now. But Cam Newton is better than Cooper Rush, right? Yes. Yes, Come leaps on. and bow better than Cooper yeah. Rush. It'd be a great place for him to go to. Right. You know, he'll fit right into that whole crying uh sort of uh you know atmosphere of a team. You know, he 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 can go out there and wear his funny hair and be whoever he wants to be out there. Right. He'd be out dressing everybody in Dallas. Right. I don't know, it might be too hot for him to wear all of his uh you know ties oh. around his neck, scarfs and all that stuff. Well, he was stuff. doing that in Carolina too, and it gets hot down there. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. yeah. You're right. But I, I was looking here. Uh, Jerry Jones uh, was on was on the radio again. He can't resist. I'd love to be doing radio there just during football, just to get him on every week. He says uh, Cooper Cooper Rush's consistency and familiarity with the offense uh, led to the decision. Has nothing to do with you know Danucci or Gilbert. So there, there Jerry weighed in. The boy. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm serious. That's, a, even, that's a quote. I know, but I didn't even need to hear him say it. Just yeah. you saying it is a lot better, man. Right. Anyway. <laughs> oh man. All right, but here's something interesting. I saw this after the Mac Jones and Cam Newton news came out. Spot Rack, uh, which you know keeps track of all the contracts. It's a pr- really great website. Great tool. At Spot Rack on Twitter says with Mac Jones's promotion to QB one. Half of all NFL teams are now projected to start a week one quarterback who carries a $10 million or less contract on average. Wow. That's amazing. Wow, that is. It is. Half the league. That is crazy. The Eagles are one of those teams. Yep. I would have said, you know, well, the Texans are one of those teams. Yeah. The Texans are one right. of those teams. Sure. Uh, what is what is James Carolina making? Well, way Sam, less than way way less than that. Sam yeah. Darnold could still be on his other deal though. Yep, his rookie yep. deal. He was drafted number one overall, wasn't he? Yeah, but he's still on a rookie deal. Um, who else could it be? It's definitely not the 49ers. He's only making Darnold four point seven seven this year See? million yeah so he's one miami's one also Miami. right with tua yeah uh chicago what about uh jacksonville jacksonville yep chicago um san diego i'm not mm-hmm. san diego but uh the la Chargers. la chargers yeah the la chargers are um teddy wow. bridgewater isn't making more than 10 a mil- million a year is he Denver, yeah. right? Absolutely, absolutely. It's crazy. You got so many like young quarterbacks where teams have kind of locked in on a younger guy yep. on his rookie deal, or you've got these real younger old. transitional guys. Yep. Yeah, right. Transitional guys. Well, you got you got the old old guy in the Washington football team, right? 
Yeah, what, who are the all the old guys? I mean, you got Tom Brady. Yep, Tom right? Brady. Yeah, Matt Ryan is an old guy now. He is um, now. Fitzpatrick is an old guy. Kurt Cousins. Cousins, yeah, he qualifies. Yep. Um, um, Baker Mayfield, no, I wouldn't. No, no not no. in Cincinnati. No. Uh, not in Detroit. Um, oh, Aaron Rodgers, of course. A Rod. Yeah. No longer uh, in the New Rams. Orleans. Yeah, Stafford, he's an old, he's now an old guy, yeah. right? Uh, Russell Wilson's an old guy now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right about Think that. Think about yeah. it. Yeah. He's an old, he's over, this is his 10th year, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, at least. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. It's no, it's no longer, he's no longer that new gunslinger now. Nope. Nope. Yeah, we said uh, Aaron Rodgers. The stream is going crazy today. John, uh, <laughs> John Shelton says, Foles to Dallas, question mark. <laughs> Boy, that would uh, really upset a lot of people. It would. If that it happened. Would. And we he, we think he's a traitor. I mean, they need him. Uh, they need I got him. news for you. You got, you got, you got uh, uh, Dak Prescott coming off a, an injury. Then he's got an, also an issue with his shoulder coming in. I knew he's going to play. But, you know, you, you're one hit away from Cooper Rush. Right. Nick Foles <laughs> has won a Super Bowl. That's scary, okay? bro. That is yeah, scary. Seriously. You're and one he, hit away from Cooper Rush. He wow. plays better in the backup role rather than, right. you know, we've seen him try to be, you know, the starter from week one. It doesn't usually work out. He's he's better in the relief pitcher situation. If I was him, that would I, be amazing. I would, yeah. If I was a coach, I would tell him, look, man, I got He's from Texas. Right. I would let the starter go in and play, and play the first series, and then all of a sudden take him out and put, put Foles in. Then he'd mm-hmm. ball. He'd be okay. Right. <laughs> Yeah, Justin Skinner on the on the stream says Carson Wentz is old and fragile. We have to, we have to put Carson Wentz. You're right, man. Yeah. Well, then uh, if we got to put Wentz in there, does Goff go in there? They were in the same draft. Right. Well, no, he's just uh, he's, he's just, just average. Trash. He's yeah. just terrible. Yeah. He's just absolutely terrible. All right. The other thing that came out uh, that got everybody in an uproar regarding football. Well, I love these lists. I say that sarcastically because I actually (laughs) hate them. But everybody does lists. And the NFL, uh, ESPN, I guess, ranked the top 100 players. Yep. And not an eagle on the list. Top 100? Yeah, they were. No, I'm I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm reading this right here. I thought Kelsey was on it. No. Last last year, I think he was on it. Oh, man, no Fletcher Cox either? It's not like the the Eagles and the Jaguars are the only teams that didn't make ESPN's NFL Top 100 rank. They didn't have any players on it. I cannot believe Fletcher Cox did not make it on it. Brandon Graham. Yes. uh, Fletcher Cox, nope. Darius Slay, nope. Nothing. Wow. It's pretty crazy. So they're right with the Jaguars. Now, that you know, these lists are stupid and subjective. I mean, to me, you can't tell me. Is Fletcher Cox really not in the top 100 players? That's what I'm saying. Come on, man. You got to give me give me something, man. Yeah. You, yeah, you might be thinking of the NFL Network's top 100. This is a, not to be confused with the NFL Network. ESPN has to do one, too. Oh, this is ESPN. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. NFL right. ranked in 2021 rejects. What happened with Jacksonville and Philadelphia, it says. That's the headline. 
It says a little more than three years ago, the Jaguars and the Eagles were two of the top four franchises in the NFL. Mm. Eagles close. Now they're the oh. only teams without a player on ESPN's NFL Top 100 ranking. Wow! Since look at the headline for um for for Eagles Wire, Eagles clearly snubbed in the ESPN ranking of the top 100 mm-hmm. players for 2021. Now Slay wow. didn't have a great year last year. Now, he, no, he didn't. was he was a top 100 player two years ago. Yep, yep. Slay was, BG was, right. Brandon um, Graham is coming off a good year. Yep. Oh man, that's that's crazy. Now, what what do players say about this kind of stuff? Does it does this ever filter down? Like, because they've been doing this for you know since you were playing for twenty years. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I worked when I was working at um, NFL Films. They would send me out to the different teams, and I knew most of the players anyways because I just I was just like five or six years removed from for playing, Mm -hmm. and. I would go into the locker rooms. I say, "Hey guys, you know, could you guys take this this you know, the top one hundred man and, and list your top one hundred? And they would sit around in groups. I have them going groups, our group offensive linemen, and they would go in and be writing down. All right, we're definitely not going to vote on him. We're not going to vote on him. We're gonna, we're going to vote on all our guys. And then they would vote all their guys in. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then you know wouldn't do the rest of the uh the rest of it. So I went to like maybe twelve teams, and they did it like that every single time, every single time. So I mean these these top 100s are kind of skewed for NFL for uh the NFL's top 100. Well, I don't think this was players that did the, uh, right, the I'm ESPN. The players, list. Yeah. Okay. The ESPN, you, if they're writers for somebody else, right. if they now if the players see that, oh, they're going to have a they, right now Fletcher Cox is hot. Yeah, he's you mad. think so? Oh yeah, he's yeah. mad, you know. He might not act like it. Right. But he takes that stuff personal, you know what so I'm saying? So so when Tim McManus walks into the uh to the locker room today or tomorrow. He's going to have something to say to him. He's going to have something to say oh, to him. Oh, there's no question about that. Tim, of course, the the great uh, ESPN reporter that covers the Eagles. Yes. He's going to have he's going to have something to say. Mm-hmm. You can believe that. You know, he's going to have something. He likes to play like he doesn't care about what people say. Right, like he doesn't listen to but the radio. He, he doesn't he read cares. the papers, all that yes. kind of stuff. He cares, you know what I'm saying? Because he's a professional. He has to care. You know, if he didn't care, he didn't care about the game – then he wouldn't care about what people say, but he cares about what people say about him. Please believe that. Now, you know, McManus is so big now that uh, I tried to get him on the show either for today or tomorrow, and he says they're now asking us to get all outside appearances approved. What? So he's got to run it up the up the flagpole come on, before he can come on this show. So I guess if it's an ESPN radio outlet or, or something, he can just do it whenever. But if it's non-ESPN, he's got to run it up the flagpole. I'm gonna approval. Ask, I'm gonna ask him. You better not say that to me, man. Me and him gonna, go back. You, you and him go him. back. Yeah, I go back longer to, with him than you. I know, but he better. <laughs> no, I'll whoop his little tail. No, he, was, <laughs> he was he was our producer uh, when I first started with Bruno. Oh, get out of here! Oh, he was terrific. I did not know that. Yeah, he was a great radio producer, but he's even a better reporter and writer. Oh, he worked yeah. his way up the, the the. Oh yeah! Wow! Yeah, man. It's funny how a lot of you guys are like that, man. What's that? You know, that that on air talent start off in radio as being producers. Mm-hmm. Me, I just started out because I was a player, and you know, I got walked in the door, you know. But you know, I I had to work at it because I didn't have the big name. Yeah. That everybody knew, you know. What I'm saying so. I did, you know, I had to 
grind out there. But um, most guys, like even Aton, start out as producer. You know, right. you start off as, as as talent. No, no, no. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll I'll tell you my thing. But first, I got to answer Dom Lewis. Uh, Dom says, "Just get someone else." And I'm saying, "We got Ed Kratz coming up today." Okay, so just chill out. Twelve thirty. All right. But yes, I did not start out as just on air talent. I was an mm-hmm. update anchor first, and oh, then a, and a producer. But I didn't want to be the producer because uh-huh. I didn't want to get pigeonholed into that and not having an on air role. Right. And I just knew from the way they did business back in the day at WIP, the producers weren't allowed to be on the air. You just oh. ran the board and got guests and, you know, facilitated the radio show. So now it's changed. Some of these producers now are part of the, are part of the show and that's great. But at the time they weren't. So I was like, man, I don't want to just get done, you know, hitting the, hitting the buttons and, you know, making the phone call to get this guy on and answering the phone calls saying, Hey, you know, what's your name? What do you want to talk about? All that kind of, I didn't want to do that. So they had me do these tryouts for hosting. And I was the guy running the board and doing the producing. And they did it on a day when no, you know, nobody knew it was on. It was like a Sunday afternoon in the springtime. Nobody was listening to the station. Trust me. It was AM radio and they didn't they knew we didn't have a weekend live programming so nobody was listening so they'd run these triads for these guys that would come in from out of town to host and i'm running the board and doing the things well i sabotaged the thing to high heaven <laughs> no you didn't man yeah yeah I, cr- I crashed not for them so much but for me like i just wanted to be so bad at producing that they'd be like no dude we gave, don't put him behind the board you know what i mean and it worked like it absolutely worked. They were like, we like him on an as an update anchor. He's really good, you know. He, good presentation, you know. He knows how to do news. His voice is pretty good, so we'll keep him as the update guy. And then I worked my way into doing shows. But man, they wanted no parts of me near the board. Only you could do that, man. Oh, yeah. Only you. They were like, man, we've we've never gotten a guy that used to be, you know, go to CSB that was this bad at the board. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, you weren't dumping stuff or anything. You just <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my bad. So- sorry. Oh that's my a, goodness. That's a true story. <laughs> oh man, yeah. that's the way to do it. Yeah. You know, I, I started out, man. I I was selling synthetic turf. I was actually going. Um, I was going to get my MBA. I was I was in school for my MBA. But right. At the time I was doing that, I was actually um selling synthetic turf fields for this this company called Sportex. Right. Was like that I said, lucrative? I was, like, were you making some money? No, not no. Really. Okay. No, I wasn't. No. Uh, it was something I could do to go to school and you know at least bringing something in the house. You know what I'm saying? Not spending all my savings. Right. Right. So I'm doing that, and I, like I said, I sold the field to the um to the Jets. The um. Practice field to the Jets. Um, Up at Florham Park, that they're in place now? That they yeah. That's a nice place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they got a nice that's, facility up there. I sold them that field. I sold um, a couple high schools in mm-hmm. Princeton, um, a couple schools in Binghamton, you know, because I had the Northeast. And I got tired of doing it because I was going against this this company called Field Turf. Yeah. Field Turf, they started, they started that, you know, synthetic grass stuff. Right. So long story long, you know, 
it got to a point where Phil Turf would come in and they would promise the school, you know, the GM, you know, we're going to do this and this and that. And, you know, they were tied in with the, you know, with, with, with all the, um, the union shops and all that, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I mean, it was like boats being given, you know, I mean, it was, it was a lot oh, of, wow. a, a lot of corruption, a lot of corruption. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you got, you know, you got to your, your, your sub, you know, sub floor, you got to put down, you know, and each, each, you know, each process you needed a different union to do this and this and this and that. Ah. So I got tired of that, man, because you got team, you know, places want me to buy on boats. They want me to buy on cars, you know, Jesus. set up trips for them, you know, you know. I mean, it was crazy. This is man. worse than like medical sales back in Bro, the eighties, where yes. the doctors were looking for free stuff and trips everywhere. And that's wow. exactly what it was, man. You know what I'm saying? And they, and, and Phil Turf was good at it, and Sportex wasn't doing it. Their team, their um, their company down in Texas, you know, Texas football is king and you know you yep. sell them down there easily because everybody wants a turf field because it doesn't rain or anything but up here it was all together different because you know you got different you know aggregates um uh bases that you need to put down to drain and yada mm-hmm. yada so i was like you know i'm getting this amateur that's that call call baldy baldy i want to get back into football man can you get me up there doing something he said what do you do you want to be in front of the camera what do you, i'll get you in, i'll get you in front of the camera whatever you want to do bear whatever you want to do I go up there. I said, no, man, I just want to, you know, I want to learn how to produce. I want to learn how to be behind the camera. Right. And that's what I did. I started out, did that for like four years. In the midst of that, um, I jumped on a couple of radio shows at, at, at 97. Now, were and you getting were you getting paid at NFL Films to do this or was this like an internship? I started out interning and then yeah. I started getting paid for it. Right. And that's uh, like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I started out in Allentown for nothing. Right, exactly. It was yeah. serving coffee and 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 all that stuff to Sterling Sharp and Baldy and all this guy and and um you know Jaws mm-hmm. and long story long they said look have you on a couple you know radio shows so you started you know put me on a show with you I was on a show with you a couple times and what and this was before Aton and um you know as I got better and better I started getting more and more shots at doing this and then they heard they heard me on at uh, NBC. Well, it was Comcast at the time then. And as I just, you know, it just morphed into all this stuff now. Wow. I did it the hard way, the long way. Yeah. You know what I mean? The long way. Because I didn't have the big name. Right. So, you know, and I didn't have the broken finger like Baldy. So, you right. know, <laughs> I had to go my own stick. You know what well, I mean? That, that's pretty cool, though, that he gave you, you know, helped you get that opportunity. Oh, you know him, you know? man. You yeah. know him. Yeah. Because during that time when I was playing, at the end of my career, I was playing. I was playing for the Steelers at the time. We were winning, you know, we were really winning and went to the Super Bowl, you know, the year I you know, I retired. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the year before that, I would sit down and he said, hey, Bear, come on over, you know, let's sit down and watch tape, watch some tape with me. And that's how I got introduced to watching film inside the place, you know. So then when I when I did retire and I remember him saying, you know, if you want to do anything, you know, um, in, in sports, you know, TV and stuff, just just give me a call. So I did. And he. Walk me right into the door. Wow. Right How about into the that. Door. Yeah. Well, that's a great job out of Baldy. All right. Ed yeah. Kraft's going to be coming up at 1230. Uh, still got this uh, this Mets story to get into. I, I find it kind of fascinating. I, I, I'm like the typical Philly fan when, you know, the teams that we don't like, when things yep. go bad for them, I love it. Tickles my I fans. secretly love it. And I saw Michael Bradley, <laughs> L. Ombre tweeting about it. I was, you know, the, the Phillies are going nowhere. But it's like so are the Mets, and the Mets are the Mets are just being an embarrassment. <laughs> They've been an embarrassment ever since this Cohen guy bought the team. Right, exactly. they, He spent some money yep. uh, on the on the roster, and the team has been a disaster. So oh, and now they're like turning that's... now they're turning against the fans. Right. 
So <laughs> sound like us what? It would sound like us like four years or five years ago. Yeah. You know, same way. Well, right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I tried to watch some of the Phillies game last night. I really did. I didn't. No. <laughs> no. I yeah, I just could I just couldn't stay Even with it. Even though I knew they were gonna win. They, they had the lead too, and I was just I just couldn't stay with it. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I, I give it a try. I tried to watch some of the Red Sox Rays last night because that's two good teams. And I'm just, I don't know what, I'm just so out on baseball. I try. And they're, and, they're, and, they're, and they're talking about striking again another year. Oh, Are if they strike that, they could, that could ruin it. That it could, could really ruin everything, it. man. That could really destroy it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it could be over trust, with everybody. Trust me, baseball. People will find other things to do. <laughs> yeah. The people that won't, the people that can't, they're getting too old. Like right, well, young, yeah. younger people will find some, they've already found something else to do. Well, there's only there's only a few Robs now. You know what I'm saying? Rob will watch Rob any Ellis. sport. Yeah, Rob yeah, Ellis, yeah. Rob E. He'll Rob, right. he'll watch. Any oh, he'll sport. get his scoring book out. He probably right. has a scoring <laughs> keep score. So you know he he's he's one of the few people that will watch anything at any time, and he feels right. obligated to do it too. Right, and he if feels he does, obligated to do it half behind either. He's gonna do it the the right way too. Right, and he feels obligated to watch it all the way to the end. Yeah. He almost feels like he's cheating on something if he if he turns the channel before the end of the game. Am I right? Bro, we had a problem with that, you know, because uh, we were working on Bob, and we would have to watch these um, these uh, late games, mm-hmm. the late games, you know, like the West Coast games. And we had, you know, we had to talk about it. So we had to sit there and watch it. And he would come in just totally drawn down. Yeah. And it got to a point. He's beaten that, down. Um, yeah, that, yeah, it got to a point that – um. You know, Sarah was like, dude, what are you doing? You know, you watching like that. So Jillian said, look, I talked to I, I, I talked to Michelle. Michelle said, we need to get more sleep. We don't have to watch the whole thing. We just need to sleep. You know, you got to get your rest. And Rob looked at her like, are you kidding me? What? He'd come we, in. We got a sports show. We're talking about a sports show. He'd come and in. Not and, watch the sports. And the shoulders would be down <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> he would literally look, he would literally look at me like, oh, all right. I haven't. I've got two hours of sleep for the last week. I'm dead, man. Like literally, just slumped. <laughs> His shoulders, everything. He's like, felt so bad for him. He's like this. All he can do is this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick timeout. We'll be back with hour number two. Ed Kratz, the Eagles Maven, will join us. Lots of roster moves. Uh, of course, cut down officially today at four o'clock. We'll get his thoughts on that. Get his thoughts on the, you know, what he thinks the running back rotation will be. Who will the fourth and fifth wide receivers be? What happens to Andre Dillard, Derek Barnett, you know, with injuries, all that kind of stuff we'll cover with him uh, at 1230 and a whole lot to do between now and then right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, The Middle with Barrett Brooks and Harry Mays. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz & Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz & Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. 
IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life. Count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Oh, yeah, straight up noon on cut down day, August 31st. The Middle, Barrett Brooks, Harry Mays, right here on the YouTube channel for Jacob Media Sports. Hit that like button and, uh, you know, subscribe, tell a friend. The content's just going to keep getting better and better as uh, football, you know, finally gets here. Like, we, we've been going through, you know, the majority of our show. Like, we started in mid-October, kind of in the middle of football season, and the majority of our time here on the middle has been you know through the basketball hockey you know the summer like we haven't really enjoyed had the, had the benefit right. of you know, like getting a football season started exactly you know Just what i mean going into it bla- guns blazing you know yeah. what i mean with fans yeah. in the stands too like there's you know last year was just weird it was it, it was just weird you know say what you want to say players get amped off you know the roar of the crowd you know both negatively and you know uh, positively. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you're if you're away, you get geeked up. You know, like when you're in the Raiders stadium back in the day. I can remember playing in the Raiders stadium back in the day when you had those guys dressed up as you know those Raiders thing. Yeah, and, you know, I saw a game there. All that, you yeah. know, all that stuff, man, is is, is an amazing 
type of um ambiance you know what i'm saying because they're just you know they're cussing at you and yelling at you and you you just take it yeah you know bring this to me man bring it to me you know right <laughs> the black <laughs> hole you, the black hole is that part of that yeah. stadium that uh, yeah was so you know you love that you love yeah. that it just gets you hyped to want to play and then when your fans you know people used to come into the vet and you know they they hated to do it to themselves coming to the vet other teams right. because our fans were just rabid dogs. You it know, was they, intimidating. Oh, it was, man. It yeah. was. So, you know, not having those fans there, I know those players, you know, they didn't find it hard to get up because you're going to get up a competition. But it's, it's just that little bit of almost a 10% more energy you can get having the crowd behind you or having the crowd yelling at you, you know what I'm saying, when mm-hmm. you're out there. Yeah. You know, the, the physical aspect of being inside. Because you can feel – you don't just hear it. You feel the fans yelling. You know what I'm saying? You right. can feel it. Right. You can literally feel it. Like It's almost like it, you know, it, it, it ties into your skin, man. You get so hyped with it, bro. So hyped. I got to check. I got to check this because I saw a game out there, one game. It was uh, week one of the season. It was like it was back around Labor Day weekend. It was back when the NFL still played on Labor Day weekend. Right. Which they you know don't anymore. They leave that for – for college football's, you know, opening week and, you know, the, the, the final, you know, maybe of the golf playoffs, whatever. But this was during Labor Day weekend, and we had um, the Phillies were out there playing the Giants, too, at the same time. So I ended up seeing two Phillies-Giants game with Barry Bonds. He ended up hitting, like, three home runs in the two games. Wow. Yeah, it was unbelievable. The weather was incredible, and – you know, we went to the Raiders. It was Raiders Chargers, I believe. And Ryan Leaf was the quarterback for the Chargers. <laughs> yeah. It was a lousy game. We had tickets like near the 50-yard line, you know, the, in that old baseball stadium. But we were far enough up where you could see, a, you know, you could see over the bench players, the guys standing on the sideline. Because if you're down too low, you can't see. Exactly. Right? In those, in those baseball yeah. stadiums, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, we had – Good enough. We were back about 10, 12 rows. And we saw Al Davis run right past us in his white, in his white track suit with all the jewelry. You know, he's running. He's got these, you know, diamond encrusted glasses. It was awesome. Right. They I, walking into the stadium, we had to walk about almost like a mile from where we parked. We had to park like across the freeway and walk up right, this right, dirt right. road and across this bridge to get to the stadium complex. Well, one of this guy we kept hearing this guy talking, but coming up behind us, and I'm, I'm like, turning around, I see this dude. He's like six eight, with long like blonde hair and a beard, and he's huge, like he's like John Runyon huge, and he's got a, a t shirt on. He's carrying a thirty pack of beer, mind you, cans of beer on his shoulder, and drinking one of them. And on the on the front of his shirt says, "If you ain't a Raider fan." And he walked past us because we let him go. <laughs> F you is on the back of his shirt. And I'm like, that was my that was my introduction to Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. I'm like, wow. Look at that dude. Like <laughs> that is that's that amazing. Man. Yeah. And we saw all the guys in the black hole, like all the characters and stuff. We took pictures with them and stuff. It was awesome. It was a great time. The game sucked. Right. Like it ended up being like nine to six or something. I think there was like one touchdown scored and they missed the extra point or whatever. And at halftime, this is no lie too. Greg Kinn performed. Greg Kinn had a couple of hits, like two or two or three radio hits in the eighties. 
He was a DJ in the Bay Area who had a band, the Greg Kinn Band, and he had like two or three hits. He's performing on the field at halftime. He does his two songs and rolls. That was it. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody on the stream will know who I'm talking about. But, man, what a scene out there. Bro, you know, I can remember walking into the stadium. First time I'm there, man. First of all, where the bases are was hard as hell because it was just dirt. Right. It was just r- straight dirt on the bases, you know. So right. You, you, yeah, you, right. Here you are running on the grass. All of a sudden, you hit the dirt. And it's like, yep. what is this? You know it was like I mean? that way in Cleveland for a long time and, and the old Baltimore Stadium, too, before they moved. Oh, no, Barrett, Barrett's got, no, Barrett's got people talking to him. The <laughs> right. producer in the truck is talking to Barrett. <laughs> Dude, I used to I used to be that guy. I, I know. Started, I used to be talking to him. Like, I'm telling you, it was crazy, man, because I could be, you know, I'm watching the game. As I'm watching the game, Yeah, I'm, I'm talking to Todd Blackley. So they may uh, they may be in cover two in, in a corner squat because they've been throwing this out right in a corner squat. And I'm telling him. Hey, watch on this outbound. It's cover two. Watch on the corner squats. You know he's not carrying the vertical. I think he's going to. I guess I think they have a switch call where they, you know, the the safety's going to come over the top with the vertical, and the corners are going to stay down a squat on the receiver there um, that was coming out into the post. You know, coming out to the uh, to the flat area. Right. And I tell him that, and as I'm telling him, he's talking, and right. he articulates what I said in his own words. Right. That's how good Todd Black. Well, yeah, there's an art to that. That's an art. It Amazing. really is. Yeah. Some some Amazing. guys never get that. Like some guys can't do that. Right, you know? right, yeah. right. And I tell Todd, look, they've got an MEB blitz. You know, watch that Sam come, watch the mic loop around, and watch mm-hmm. that end crash right there. And right. He's like, see, now, you know, on this play, this is why this play worked. They have a blitz, you know, they it, it's a special blitz where they bring the mic around, crash the end, and bring that uh Sam linebacker through the ground. Now that's three more blockers than he has. Then you know, and, and it's like right. he just articulated perfect, man. Todd is one of the most yeah. professional guys. Then I had guys like Matt Millen. I was with Matt Millen on his right. Oh um, man, Matt is so common, man. That's my dude, man. Like he he does stuff like you know, I right, pull my finger. You know, he's that guy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, your yeah. uncle. Hey, come right. pull my finger. You right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, he's just a country dude. He's like the he was the 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 Dickerson. Mm-hmm. Of the of the broadcasting crews, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. That's how Matt was. You know, we we you know before we used to get used to have a uh, get together before the season started, mm-hmm. and and you know all the talent would come in, all the producers would come in up in um up up in uh, Bristol, mm-hmm. and we'd be in there. You know, have all these finger foods going by, you know, and people drinks and all that stuff, you know. So the finger trade would come by, and it was something he liked. Everybody else, you know, takes the the, the tongs and takes it out. He Miller just reaches just, in. You know, there. He goes like this and grabs like a handful of them. Right, right, right. <laughs> and scrapes it on his plate like <laughs> Right. The lady's looking like this. Surprised he didn't just take the plate. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah thank you. <laughs> just said it right here. Right. I've done, Todd I've done that like before. This. Todd is looking like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, if the pigs in the blanket come by, you know, I'll just I'll just take it and just I think that, I think that's what they were. Oh, those man. things are amazing. They're addictive. Yeah, yeah. All right, the, the stream the stream knows what's up, as I knew they would. John Dickerson says Harry's love was in jeopardy. That was one of his hits, Jeopardy. Oh. <laughs> jeopardy. My love is in jeopardy or something. And then the other one, Respect the Stash, says the breakup song. That was it. That was the other big hit. See, this one. Uh, that's uh, one uh, thing. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, you know oh, that okay. song? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's the one. Yeah. I do know that song, but that was back in That's the day. That's Greg Kinn, yeah. Yeah. All right, get you get you up to date on uh, what's going on. If you're just joining us, the Eagles made a move today. Uh, Matt Pryor, uh, offensive lineman who was probably going to be cut today at four o'clock anyway. Well, how he flips him to Indianapolis and gets a pick swap in exchange. Uh, how he gets the Eagles get the Indianapolis Colts a sixth round pick in next year's draft, but they give up the seventh round pick. So they moved up around. And got rid of a guy that was going to get cut anyway. So that's a good move by Howie. I mean, it's amazing he got anything for him, to be honest right, with you. Right, right, right. I yeah. don't understand how they did that, man. Right. So, you know, for him to be able to go out and, and and get anything for a guy that he was just disinterested to play. Yeah, that's amazing. You know? Really right, is. Right, right. Like, you, you think know? you'd snuff that out because he was a draft pick. So, I mean, you'd think you'd snuff that out in interviews. Like, you, you, you really need a guy on your personnel staff that has a good feel for that, like judging whether a player really loves to play. Right, right. You know what I mean? Because that's a big deal when you get to that level. Well, you it's know? a huge deal because you're asking, you know, you're going through this whole process. And you, you, some guys can fake it, but you can't mm-hmm. fake it all the time. Right. You know, you're eventually, you know, a, a, a Tiger will eventually show his, his stripes. So to be disinterested in football, you know, there's, there's certain things that you can say. Like – for instance, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Growing up, I was not a football lover. Mm. I wanted like to be basketball. a basketball. Yeah, yeah, you're a basketball guy. I wanted to be the next Charles Barkley. That's what I wanted to be. So football was something I was great at, but basketball was something I was good at. Right. I never would be a great basketball player, but I could be a great football player. So one day I'm sitting there and I say, you know what? I'm looking at the the D2 schools that I'm having, you know, scholarships from basketball in, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at the D1 schools who've got, I've got two baskets of letters over here, but I've got one small basket of Arkansas state, you know, schools like that, that want right. me to play basketball for them. These are full rides over here. It might be one full ride and a couple partials over here. So I'm like, well, in all you reality, take the full ride, right? If I don't take the full ride, I'm not going to school. My parents right. couldn't afford to pay for me to go to school. So right. let me look at these full ride then. So I started taking football listeners. I didn't even take football. I um I I had coined it, you know, when I first really got serious. Whatever I do it, I'm gonna do it to the best of my ability. That's why I'm, I'm never gonna half-ass a show that we have, you know, mm-hmm. either I'm in it or I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna make sure I give it all. And that's the way I live my life. You know, whatever I do, I'm doing it to the best of my ability. Well, I started doing that in football and, you know, my junior year, I didn't even play football. I didn't even play. I didn't even go out for the squad. I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing it. I played basketball because I wanted to be great at it. I said, maybe if I figure if I just concentrate on basketball, I'd be great at it. No, nope. no. Yeah. Anyway, regardless, I'm only six foot three. Right. At the right. time, six foot yeah. three, 220, 230 pounds. I'm Barkley, was, Barkley was an anomaly. You know, right, that's six what I'm four thinking, and a half. Being able to dominate do. at six four and a half is an anomaly, bro. Yeah. I, yeah. I I practice picking up the ball from the ground, jumping up and dunking it two hands every day for about an hour at a time, mm-hmm. and only did it twice in the game, just because I saw Barkley do it on a regular, just picking up, just jumping up and just dunking on anybody. Right. I tried to dunk, I did, but six foot three, it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So then I went back. I went back to the coach. I begged the coach, hey, coach, let me play football again, you know, yada, yada, yada. He's like, oh, I don't know. You know, inside he's saying, yeah, I want him to play. I know he's going to be a great player. I want him to play. But he had to play the hard role. Uh-huh. He let me come back. 
I went out and then really tied myself to football and became an All-American, a blue chipper and all that. And then, you know, that's where my football career really started to blossom. Yeah, that's, I hated that's cool. football growing up. That's a great story. That's interesting, though, man. Because My mom yeah. made me play, man. Yeah. Is that yeah. right? Mama Brooks, you guys think she's all nice and everything. She's right. not nice. She was not nice growing up. We no. talked about that yesterday, man. We, we talked about because um, she has my, um, you know, she she's helping my brother with his daughter. My daughter's, mm-hmm. you know, his daughter's three years old, my niece. And, um, you know, she's all nice and everything, laughing and ha-ha and he-he. And I'm thinking to myself, who is this woman? Mm-hmm. This is not the same woman this I was not raised the woman with. woman I grew up with. <laughs> <Right>? She's <laughs> actually asking her to do something. I wish she would have asked me to do something. <laughs> she was ready to break my neck at all times, right, man. Right, right. But, yes, she's all nice to her grandchildren. Like, right. She told you what to do. Right. She didn't ask you what you wanted to do. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. That's she's awesome. just trying to get to heaven, dog. I'm telling you, man. She's there trying you go. To get to yeah. heaven, well, man. you know, at some point in life, you got to make that. You got to make that move. You know what I mean? Uh, some of the other news today: uh, the Patriots released Cam Newton, so he's out on the street, and the Mac Jones era is officially begun. Now, Week One, Mac Jones against Tua, two at, two Bama quarterbacks going you know, at it. That's crazy. Look how many Bama quarterbacks now. Quarterbacks. You know, you said you want to say it's not a lot of Bama quarterbacks that have had some success. No, There's a they couple, haven't. you know no. what I'm saying? You know, you got the old guys, you know, the guarantee stuff up with the Jets. Uh, what was his name? Joe, Joe Namath. Well, you yeah, know. that's old. That's a long time. A Bart long, Starr. Long. Are we going back to Bart, Bart Starr, Starr yeah, Barrett? Exactly. You know, that's when, you know, they had good Alabama quarterbacks. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? At this point, I don't know any good, but look, you got three Alabama quarterbacks starting right now. Yeah. You go, you got Jones, you got Tua. And now you have uh now you have um uh Mac Jones. Yep. I mean Jones and who Hurts. and Jalen Hurts. Hurts. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. I consider him a Bama guy too. So I mean, yeah. it, you know, it, what is going on? Oh, Kenny Stabler. Oh, my fault. You know, Stabler's, Stabler. Yeah, he was. Yeah, Kenny Stabler, he came after Namath. Too. He yep. came after Namath. Yeah. You know, so there wasn't a lot of, but you know, at least you know they're going in the right direction, man. You know, so it's three potential starters. No, no, three starters as Alabama quarterbacks. That's, That's crazy. pretty crazy. It is. Yep. And the Dallas Cowboys uh, released Ben DiNucci, who uh, played against the Eagles last year. Remember that DiNucci game? And Garrett Gilbert is also out on the street. You know, the, Cooper Rush is. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna make a move. I'm not. You know, they have serious, Seriously, you cannot go. They got to get a veteran. It's they either going to be a Foles. What about Flacco to Dallas? A trade? Wow! How he loves the flip guys, man. That's interesting, especially when what they got Flacco? um, yeah, especially because they have um, they they went out and got Minshew, you yeah, know, so right that makes it. And this contract looks appetizing for for a guy that's going to come in and you know it's guaranteed, right? You know, for only three million dollars, I mean, he could be a very viable backup to uh to a do guy you, that may not last a whole season. Do you think Cam would go there? I think he would. Mm. I think Cam in his mind thinks he has a better shot at winning a job there, beating Dak out. Yeah, I think he Oof. really thinks that. Really? Well, he has to think that. You know, he has to yeah, think of himself as being a starter. He know he didn't have a Stovall's chance in there. But, you know, he probably doesn't in Dallas also. But he, I'm telling you what his mentality is. And I'm not mm. mad at him for having that mentality. He has to have it. But at the end of the day, you know, you know, you, it, what is he saying? You got to know when to hold him. 
Right, the gambler. No one to fold him. Kenny Rogers. <laughs> exactly. You got to know. No one to walk away. No one right. to run. <laughs> yeah, I learned that early on. That was a hit in the seventies, and that was right. you know, that was the way I did things in college. You know? <laughs> I can make imagine it, you in you know, college, man. You're trying to make a move. You got to know when to fold them, man. And right. Get out of there. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> no oh, one cut cut your losses. Right, you got no you know one to I mean? cut your losses. Just cut your losses. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, sometimes you know you're talking to a girl. Back when I was a college, talking to a girl, I was spending a lot of time with this girl. You know, expecting a great outcome, but just then after a while, you just got to know. All right, she's just a little too wholesome for me right now. Especially mm-hmm. since I'm drunk, it, it's not going to work right now. I gotta, I gotta know when to fold them right now. So let me go find somebody that's a sure shot. Exactly right. <laughs> yep. All right. Some of the other news: the Eagles, of course, uh, activated. Uh, Dickerson, Landon Dickerson, and Rodney McLeod to the active roster. And uh, Carson Wentz has been placed on the reserve COVID-19 list along with a couple of other teammates. So everybody's, you know, in an uproar. Now, he, he's he got a – if he tests negative, I think it's like five negative tests, he can go back on the regular roster or something. Like he's been in contact with somebody, I guess, through contact tracing that had it. I guess, right? I don't right, know if you right, know the right. answers to this. He's but, obviously yeah. probably he's obviously not vaccinated. Well, see, there, there's there's the problem, you know, because you know it. Even even now with with ESPN mm-hmm. and NBC, I had to be um, COVID tested. Right. I mean, not COVID tested. I had to be you vaccinated. Know, I had to take the vaccinated. Yeah, I yeah. had to be. It was a necessity to be vaccinated, and you know, even with working with you know the kids at, at Woodrow Wilson. I had to be vaccinated. It was mandatory or I could not be around the work environment mm-hmm. or the practice environment. So, I mean, is it a religious belief for, for Carson? Or I have what? no idea. Maybe. I, I, I don't think Cam's vaccinated either. I mean, some are saying that that might have played into it because, you know, Hoodie didn't want to go into the season, possibly, you know, risking the guy getting it and, you know, then having to go to. Belichick would do that. Jones. Too. Yeah. I he mean, would do that. And plus, you know, Cam didn't really give him enough to to really go on. No, he wasn't outstanding. He was better than he was last year, but it was preseason. So, right. But I thought Jones looked pretty good. And that's why it was an easy decision for him. And that's one thing. He'll he'll cut his losses quick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If a guy, even if a guy, you know, you're going as a contract negotiation, you've been great for him. If he sees that contract negotiation going sour or going in the wrong direction, Mm -hmm. he will get you up out of there, man. You know, and. You know that that's that's huge, I man. He let us he let his coach go for not um for not being vaccinated. Let him go. You know what I'm saying? He just fired him. That, that's crazy. Now, did you see this? I know you watch a lot of football, and you were watching a lot of the NFL preseason. You you saw some college. Did you see that high school football game over the weekend on ESPN? Yes. Yes, IMG Academy down yeah, in Florida. They're down in Bradenton, Florida. It's a factory. Yes, uh, yes, against a, a team I never heard of this school, but I mean, there's plenty of schools I've never heard of. Bishop Sycamore, <laughs> and I didn't see any of the game, but I knew it was on because I'm flipping through the channels and I, I passed it, so I saw you know that that IMG was playing, and I, apparently IMG won the game 58 to nothing, and ESPN broadcasters were noting the mismatch. And we're talking about it through the game, citing player safety. They also said they became suspicious when information about the team and its players were hard to come by. So think about you doing this game. Like you're going out to Kansas and they're playing South Dakota. 
and you're you can't get any information on South Dakota, right? right. Okay, okay. And, and all you know, Kansas is romping them. You know, it's, it's, is South Dakota University football legitimate? Like that's right. what they're thinking about this this football this football team, this high school team. So there's evidently people thinking that this this team was like not legitimate, and they were just well, sort of put together. Uh, you know, I guess to make some money, get on t- Bishop Sycamore played six games last year. They went 0 and 6. They were outscored 342 to 49 since starting its program. And they're scheduled to play several other national prep powerhouses. Uh, DeMatha's on this list, Duncanville, Texas. <laughs> the school's address is listed as a rec center in Columbus, Ohio. And it doesn't list a charter school under the name of Bishop Sycamore. The State Department of Education doesn't have the name on its list. <laughs> so it could be just like some shim sham of an operation where they oh. threw together some players and they go, you know, get these TV games scheduled against these big teams well, and get on. a check. And this is this is this is this is the worst though. Number one. They're junior college players, or they were junior college players that flunked out of junior college. Is that right? That are playing on that team. That's on the high one. school team. Yes, on the high school team. Wow. Then number two, the head coach has numerous warrants for him out right now. Numerous warrants for him. For what kind of <laughs> warrants? For what? I don't know what they are, but just the fact the head coach has warrants out for him right now. So he had junior college guys. That's grown people playing in high school, right. high school football. Number one, Roy number Johnson two. is the coach's name. Is that yes. who you're talking about? Yes, <laughs> yes. Wow, this Bishop is a Sycamore. So, so it's a Bishop Tree. I could. I've heard of Bishop Houston. You know, right? <laughs> I've heard all kind of bishops. Yeah, where was Bishop, Bishop Sycamore. Sycamore? That's the name of a tree, man. You're right? A damn tree, man. You know, what, tree is saint. They in the bro. league with Bishop Maple. <laughs> It does sound like illegitimate, right? <laughs> oh my goodness! They're, they're talking about getting over, man. And then they got blasted, you know. And you know, I know just about all, everybody on that coaching staff. You know that they're, they're playing the pros, right? You know what I mean? I mean, Big Trey is down there. George Hageman is the AD, right? Right. You know what I mean? I played with George. I played with Trey. Oh, now so. he has an active arrest warrant. <laughs> Roy Johnson, the coach for Bishop Sycamore, according to uh, Complex, Complex reports he has an active arrest warrant due to fraud charges. See? (laughs) It's a fake. It might be a fake high school. Wow. Now, I got to say something about ESPN here. Do you mean to tell me they just don't, they don't do their due diligence at all? They just put this game on TV? Wow. Hold on. But they played a game two days earlier. They played a actual game against a, a national school on TV two days earlier. What, before they played early. IMG? Yes. So they played two games on TV. Yes. Oh, yes. Wow. <laughs> I hate to do it to you. Jesus. But how do you play a game two days before on national TV, and then you're on ESPN two days later? Getting Playing your butt the same kicked pool? 58 to nothing by oh, IMG man. Academy. I hate to do it to you. And plus, you got grown people on that team. Grown people. Now, it's, it's already, IMG is already, man, if, if you look at it, that's, I mean, it's already not fair. Yeah. You know, so well, right. IMG, yeah. you get to recruit, number one. You know, sure. and that's, that's the only thing about being 
like even with a lot of um, Catholic high school leads. Those the, and those teams get guys that that stay the extra year or two too, right. so they're more mature. Exactly. This is like BYU. BYU will always be good in 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 their conference because because of they the have mission. Older guys, yeah, yeah and they, they, they do years, a mission. Your body yeah. can mature. Yep. And you come back. You know, so you know, it's crazy, man. Wow. You know, because because. I, it's you know, I, I could I could see this. We're being set up for another documentary series that's going to air on like one of the ESPN platforms, and it's going to be Bishop Sycamore. Some this is all a scam. <laughs> Bishop Sycamore, and underneath it, it's called "I Hate to Do It to You." Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, oh, that's it's unbelievable. The entire offensive line looks like that guy behind you. <laughs> yeah, and then and the next thing next year, Roy Johnson will be part of Sunday Night Countdown or something. You know, what I mean? he'll be right. part of their TV TV pregame shows. Oh, oh my well, god, man. I just saw that and I was like, "What is this story? Like, how? What do you mean a fake high school?" <laughs> Bishop, look at it, Jeff Bruder, Bishop Dogwood. <laughs> yeah, Bishop Dogwood. There you go. Oh, man. All right. We got uh, Ed Kratz coming up. Eagles Maven, Sports Illustrated. You've seen him on Birds 365. He's great, and he's going to join us next. You're listening to The Middle with Barrett Brooks and Harry Mays here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Subscribe and smash that like button back in three. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence, turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. field of life 
First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. All right, here we go. 1230, final half hour of the middle on a Tuesday. Cut down day, August 31st. Barrett Brooks, Harry Mays. And we join this last half hour with a good buddy of ours. You see him on Birds 365. You read him in the Eagles Maven Sports Illustrated. Follow him on Twitter. Ed Kratz, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing today? Hey, good fellas. I'm, I'm putting together an application to send in the ESPN for a team here. I need an offensive lineman and a quarterback. You guys interested? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. Name, right. Right. Yeah, uh, what, no, yeah. what, what would you call the team? See, because I mean, they just obviously went, you know, Bishop uh, Sycamore. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> that sounds important. <laughs> About, uh, I don't know. I love. B. Brooks's answer, Bishop Dogwood. <laughs> yeah, that was from our stream. Jeff Bruder on our stream. Our stream is is awesome. They come up with all kinds of great ideas. They, yeah. they always yeah. answer questions for me all that's, the time. That's hilarious. Right? I yeah. think something with a cardinal in it. You know, cardinal, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> mix that it is, up a little. That is an amazing story. All right. Yeah. what Now, obviously, we had some breaking news here with regards to the Eagles today. Uh, how he somehow is able to flip Matt Pryor for a pick swap to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, what else are you hearing? What do you think is going to go down between now and 4 o'clock, maybe trade-wise? Yeah, well, listen, they still have offensive linemen that can play in this league. They're 13 yes. on, the, on the roster right now, and I don't see them keeping more than 10. Uh, and we can go through the names, but some of those spare parts, Andre Dillard, obviously, I'm not sure what the marketplace would be for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of speculated that maybe they should trade Nick for Nikhil Harry, who's uh, got a shoulder injury when the Patriots were here practicing. That would be a, a pretty decent trade, I think, to get rid of a first round pick in Dillard to get another first round pick in uh, Harry, who hasn't done much no. uh, in New England. But, you know, I don't see that happening. I think it'd be tough to move Dillard and get any kind of value. But uh, listen, they still have guys on that line that, you know, I'm sure Howie's burning up the phone lines right now trying to find a match. Uh, for one of them. And, you know, listen, I think the linebacker position is also, uh, strangely enough, a a position of depth. uh, That's amazing. It is amazing. (laughs) Let that sink in. The Eagles have depth at the linebacker position, (laughs) so much so that Howie might deal one of them. That almost sounds like an oxymoron, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, Sean Bradley could be could be traded. Um, you know, one of their picks from last year, a six, uh, I think he was a sixth rounder from last year's class. Uh, you know, kind of an up and down preseason uh, mm-hmm. for Bradley, but somebody who's got good football instincts from Temple. Um, but you know, he could be also played for perhaps another pick. Uh, but what what he did so far with getting rid of Matt Pryor, I mean. Pryor was probably going to get cut anyway. Right, right. And then you turn around and you get a sixth round pick, which you had traded two days ago for your backup Gardner. back in Gardner Minshew. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, you know, you had a guy that you drafted in the sixth round in 2018 who played 27 games for you. And you turn around and you get a sixth round pick for him three years later. So, you know, you have to give Howie Roseman kudos yeah. for that deal. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable, man. But even even still, you know, you look at you look at the safety position when they reactivated McLeod and, uh, you know, Epson and, and 
the kid from you know Clemson have been fighting it out, you know. And at this point, him coming in, you know, it gives you a little more depth. You know, maybe one of those guys are for the market too. A guy like Epps, who's um played a lot last year, but now he's could become more of a commodity that they can move. Yeah, great point. Um, but look, you know, listen, I, I know they activated McLeod and Landon Dickerson uh from the NFI list. Uh, but the other option was to put them on the pup list. And if you go on that physically unable to perform list, then you have to miss six games or it might even be seven games Hmm. once the season starts. You know, McLeod and Dickerson are both close, but I could see a scenario where, you know, yeah, they're on the 53, but maybe they get put on IR anyway, because these new NFL rules, you can you can put guys on short term IR and and let them kind of get better and rehab for another three weeks before right. you can activate them. And you can bring back as many guys off IR this year as you want. There used to be a limit on those too. So even though they were activated off that pup list, it doesn't mean that they're kind of out of the woods and they're going to be ready to go week one. Uh, you know, McLeod didn't do anything other than just individual drills yesterday. Same thing with Dickerson. So, uh, yeah, these guys are going to play, but I'm not sure it's going to be week one. And if that's the case, then you really do have to make sure, you know, Marcus Epps is probably still here. Uh, Kayvon Wallace, but you know, uh, who knows, maybe McLeod, he's got another, you know, week and a half to heal that ACL that he tore same with Dickerson. So if the Eagles are comfortable that maybe they'll be ready week one, then sure. You could probably see a deal uh, where maybe Epps is involved or or Wallace, or, you know, I I even like Elijah Riley back there. I thought Elijah Riley had a really nice camp at safety. um, And I think him and Andrew Adams are kind of in a battle uh, to make this roster. Ed Kratz from SportsIllustrated.com, SI.com, excuse me, Eagles Maven. Follow him on Twitter at Kratz, K-R-A-C-Z-E on Twitter. It's a must follow for all Eagles stuff. All right, Ed, uh, let's say Dickerson. uh, I'm kind of, you know, obsessed with him at this point, as you can see by my backdrop. (laughs) I mean, you know, I mean, anybody, any guy that can pull off that kind of a look (laughs) is, is good in my book. But once he is fully healthy, and ready to go. Where do you see him fitting in? Like, what do you think the ideal position is for him on this line, given the fact that he has such versatility? Well, the the Eagles seem to think it's at center, you know, and I've talked to some people, and Barrett, maybe you can chime in on this, um, that initially he probably would be better off at guard because it's less of a tear and a wear on the knees um, than the center position where you're kind of in the middle of everything and you're getting action from both sides so you know as far as keeping the knee healthy initially the guard might be his best spot but I think the Eagles are intent on playing him at center uh, mm. and, and he's going to be back up to Jason Kelsey and uh, and ready to step in whenever uh, you know Jason calls it a career which who knows when that'll be Jason's still playing at a high level obviously and he's made 105 straight starts coming into the season um, but you know Dickerson's going to be there but Listen, I, I think that's where they want him, but I wouldn't just completely discount guard either. I mean, I would try to cross-train him and get him reps at guard uh, because it's easier on the knees is what I've been told and because I think that there might be more of a need for a guard uh, sooner than a center. You're right about that, you know, especially what's been going on with Brooks and, you know, Sayamalu had a great deal of his camp that he wasn't healthy with a hamstring pull. Right. But um, the position I've been really, really looking at, you know, is the wide receiver position and, you know, whether they keep five, whether they keep six, there's still some guys that are on this roster that potentially, potentially could be some good players, but potentially they've been average players. You know, a guy like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. I mean, at this point, did you see anybody jump out of you this training camp or maybe, you know, in the preseason games 
that you see sticking around besides the the three or four guys that you know will get most of the bulk of playing time? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the four guys, obviously, Smith, Rager, uh, Watkins, and and Greg Ward, I think, are, are secure. Now, are they going to keep five or six? At, you know, our Sega Whiteside's interesting. I mean, you know, he had the good game against the Jets, you know, but it just seems like every year he has a great summer camp, really stands out, and then when the lights go on in the regular season, he kind of disappears. Now, whether that was because the coaches didn't make a, concert, a concerted effort to get him involved, I, I don't really know, but – uh, he was a second round pick just three years ago. I, I think Howie Roseman would have a hard time getting rid of somebody like that, to be honest with you. And maybe that game against the Jets where he had the two catches, 57 yards, had the nice uh, touchdown catch, gives Howie the justification to say, hey, you know what, we're going to keep him. Look what he did against the Jets. Um, you know, I think he had a better camp than Travis Fulgham. John Hightower, I think, could be ticketed for the practice squad. So right yep. now I'm looking at five receivers. But, you know, there have been some names that have been released uh, here during these early cuts on Tuesday that maybe they're interested in. A guy like Geronimo Allison, who has a little bit of experience in this league, big target. He's, you know, six-something. Um, From Green Bay. From, yeah, right. He, and he put, went to the Lions in the offseason. Mm-hmm. The Lions cut him, but he played four years with Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Um, so, you know, Geronimo Allison's a guy that, you know, might make a little sense. I saw the Browns release K- Kadaro Hodge, who uh, is a young player who I think has ability. He's a 6'2", 200-pound guy. You know, I think if you're going to look for a receiver on the waiver wire, I think the Eagles would kind of look for a guy with some size. Because, you know, Smith, Rager, and Watkins, I mean, Watkins is six foot, but I'm talking about a good 6'2 to 6'4 type of receiver uh, who could be a threat in the red zone. Um, so if you're going to look for a guy, that's the kind of guy I would look for. And also maybe somebody with a little bit, bit of experience in this league. Like I know the Washington football team cut Antonio Gandy Golden, who I really like coming out of Liberty last year in the draft. Yeah. The Washington team took him in the fourth round. Um, but, you know, he only had one catch last year. He's a little bit green, but he's great size, 6'4", 230. So, you know, I, I think you're really going to see the Eagles look hard at the waiver wire if they're going to keep six receivers. But I think the five are going to be those four we mentioned, plus J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. So the, the career arc for Travis Fulgham is pretty interesting to me. You know, unheralded kid coming out of Old Dominion, you know, not exactly a a football factory. You know, the Eagles get him. He he shines early. And then when Alshon comes back to the roster, sort of just disappeared. And now, you know, did not look very good in camp or in preseason. What happened there? Yeah, you know, I mean, it was interesting when when he when Alshon came back healthy last year, and all of a sudden Fulgham's parked on the bench, and and Doug kind of was Doug Peterson was asked about that, and he said, you know, he has to keep working you know his work ethic I guess was called into question a little bit and and, you know maybe that is an issue with him but listen he had a hard time getting open in one-on-one wide receiver versus DB drills against the Patriots when the Mm. Patriots were in town and and that's a concern because those drills are geared towards getting the receiver open I mean they're hard to cover one-on-one when everything favors the receiver and 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 Fulton struggled there Mm. now Maybe the Eagles keep him based on that terrific five-game stretch he had last year. Um, but, you know, his work ethic might be an issue. I mean, I I haven't seen him dog it or anything in practice. So if it is, it's something the coaches are seeing on tape. Uh, but, you know, that five-game stretch was pretty darn good. Over 400 yards and five touchdowns. And, you know, if that is enough to have him earn a spot, we're going to see because I think 
you know, he's probably the sixth guy on this roster if they go, if they go six receivers. Hmm. I think the same thing. But another battle right now is uh, the interior defensive line. You know, you got T. Bob McGill and Hassan Ridgeway. Both guys are veteran players, you know, been in the league a while. And, um, you know, both have shown, you know, a skill set that kind of, you know, mirror each other in the aspect that one's good at this and the other one's good at that. T. Mama Gill's more explosive, get up the field, pass rushing, defensive tackle. Then you have Rasan Ridgeway, who's a guy that's going, you know, anchor down, rut, and stop the run. You know, which one of those guys would you keep? And, you know, who do you see as the guys that are going to be the defensive tackles in the, um, in, the, in the middle of the defense? Yeah, well, you know, I, I love T.Y. McGill, man. He's a six-foot guy. And, and, Barrett, you blocked against guys in the NFL. I mean, did you have a hard time with short guys like that? Because They got so leverage, low. man. Yeah, yeah, and, he, and he's strong. He, he, can, he, he had three sacks in the preseason, which led the team. You know, he had two against the Jets and then one against the Steelers. Six-foot tall. Um, I really like like this guy. I mean, I, he played a little bit last year. Uh, Hassan Ridgeway, 6'3", a little bit taller. But Ridgeway's had a problem with injuries his first two years in Philadelphia. He's been shut down after playing just seven games each year. Um, you know, but he's there's no questioning his talent. I like Ridgeway a lot as well. The Eagles already cut Raquan Williams, who was an undrafted free agent from 2020. Got a little time last year, but he's gone. Uh, you know, there could be a situation where the Eagles might try to keep both these guys. Um, but if I had to make the decision between the two, you know, uh, I'm biased because I like that shorter defensive lineman. <laughs> Root hog, I, huh? Yeah. yeah, man. I, I love that. I love that bull rush that he has. I love that power that he brings. I would stay with T.Y. McGill. Well, speaking of a guy who's had uh, injury issues, big year this year for Derek Barnett, and he's injured again. Yep. Uh, you know, they restructured his deal not too long ago. Uh, you know, Josh Sweat, you know, was w- waiting in the wings, perhaps. Uh, what do you what do you think happens here with this? How big of a year is this for him? I mean, he's he's got to have double digit sacks and stay on the field in order to be a part of the future. Yeah, well, it's a big year for both these guys. Both are looking for new contracts. Mm-hmm. They're, they're on the last year of their deal. And, you know, uh, you know, Sweat got hurt a little bit last year. There's that knee issue that he had coming out of, um, you know, in high school when he went to Florida State. Uh, had some knee issues. He's 100% healthy. If you talk to him, of course, every player thinks he's 100%. Um, but, you know, the knees seem to be sound with Josh Sweat. Quick off the ball, big guy. A lot of players think he's going to have, a, a, you know, a really breakout year. Uh, Barnett, on the other hand, you know, he's had the shoulder injuries or the shoulder uh, issues in the past. And here he is, again, not practicing because of a shoulder injury, which he had against the New England Patriots when he hit a guy over the middle uh, and, and did something to his shoulder. We haven't seen him since. So, you know, again, he's got, what, 10 days or so to get ready for the Falcons if he can answer the bell. But it is a big year for Barnett. He's a first-round pick. Yeah. You know, he needs to, to uh, you know, set at least a career high in sacks, which I think is six and a half. He needs to go above that. Uh, well above that, I would think, to get that next contract in Philadelphia. Got a lot to prove. First-round pick, whereas Sweat's a fourth-rounder, um, has really done well. But that's going to be an interesting you know, battle within the battle, so to speak, between Sweat and Barnett on the edge. They're both going to play a lot if they're healthy, um, and it's going to be interesting to see who has the better season. You're right, man. Um, a battle that – not even a battle because they let him go, but I really thought that Jason Huntley – you know, running back, you know, I think we got him from Detroit right. was going to be the kick returner this year. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. He showed so much explosiveness. 
you know, we sat down and watched them together, you know, watched um, special teams. And he was the major guy on kickoff return. And they let him go. You know, do who do you see taking that position, you know, since he's going to be gone now? Yeah, I mean, Huntley really didn't help himself when he hurt his ribs. I mean, I thought he showed some good stuff against the Steelers, but then he had this rib injury that really limited him, and I, I think that's a problem. I I could see them trying to get him to the practice squad. I think there's a good chance he will get to the practice squad. Um, but, yeah, he was a fifth-round pick of the Lions. Uh, the Eagles got him last year, really never was used that much. But, yeah, I, I liked him a lot, too. was used in the kickoff duty, like you said, uh, Barrett. But I don't know who's going to do that job. I mean – you know, realistically, I mean, how often do you see kickoff returns in the NFL now? You know, maybe yeah. one per game. I mean, everybody kicks the ball out of bounds uh, or, you know, over the end line, I should say, or into the end zone. But, uh, you know, I think Rager can handle it. I think we saw him do a little bit of it right. in the preseason. Um, you have guys like Boston Scott might be able to do it. I mean, you have guys that you can put back there to return kicks. And, and again, it's probably only going to be one, maybe two a game. Although I'll say the way the Eagles special teams have looked, especially in kickoff coverage and kickoff return, if I'm the opposing team, I'm making them return it because I think I can hold them within the 25-yard line. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so – Not a lot of been said about special teams either. And it, they've been um, a little – I mean, they have done nothing for me, you know, at this point, you know, it's, it's become right. a, a something that I needed to talk about, but I haven't talked about yet, but they're definitely not in a position where I'm used to them being yet, especially well, in the beginning of the season. Yeah. I mean, Barrett, you've been at the practices and they don't work a lot on special teams. Right. They, don't, they don't spend a whole lot of practice time mm-hmm. uh, doing special teams. Of course, when you're only practicing, you know, 75, 80 minutes, you know, something right. has to get cut right. out. And, and I guess it was special teams. And, right. and you hope that, you know, it gets a little better now that we're going to be defining some roles here as the 53-man roster takes shape. Uh, Michael Clay, you know, the young special teams coordinator, you hope that now he knows who he's going to have available and he can begin to, uh, you know, teach these guys how to cover or, or return. Uh, but, yeah, it's been a concern to me, especially that kickoff coverage. I mean, they're giving up yards to guys well beyond the 25-yard line, and 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 they're not getting out beyond the 25-yard line when they're taking kickoffs. So, yeah, that, that's a concern. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I, you know, Huntley, I think, will be back on the practice squad, and maybe he plays a role at some point this season. But uh, right now I would look for maybe Rager or Watkins or Scott to take back kicks. Well, speaking of running backs, former Eagles uh, running back Corey Clement apparently was just released not too long ago by the New York Giants. And that led me to a question about the running back rotation. Uh, There was, you know, the touches for Miles Sanders being sort of dispersed elsewhere, at least during the preseason. Some talk about that he's not going to be, you know, necessarily the primary guy. How do you think that how do you think this gets parsed out uh, during the season? Well, Kenny Gainwell is obviously a rookie that's going to make a big impact. In fact, if I had to name, you know, all the rookies that are going to have an impact, yeah, Devontae Smith would be in that on that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really think Gainwell is going to be there as well. Milton Williams, you could make a case for him, the defensive uh, lineman, uh, third round pick. He could be in that mix. But man, Kenny Gainwell, uh, to me. Really, we saw it against the Jets, you know, that second drive the Eagles had. He accounted for 47 yards of their 78-yard drive. You know, he had, I think it was 15 yards receiving, 32 yards rushing. He's a he's a tough runner who always seems to be falling forward. Uh, Miles Sanders himself said he probably has the best hands of any running back in that room, hmm. which is huge for a Nick Sirianni offense that's going to throw the ball to its backs. Sanders is going to be the guy, but listen, he, you know, he hasn't had the best camp catching the football. 
struggled with that last year, and which is surprising because as a rookie, he had the 50 catch season. But, he, you know, his hands just he, he's just struggled catching the ball. And if he can't, you know, iron that out, then we could see more and more Gainwell as the season goes on. I'm not saying they're going to put Sanders on the bench, but, you know, Gainwell is going to play a role. Sanders is obviously a home run hitter in the run game, but, you know, he needs to really show that he can catch the ball consistently, you know, if he wants to get the majority of these snaps. And then after that, Boston Scott, you know, I like what he can. I've always liked Boston Scott, real shifty. We saw that great movie made on his way to a 49-yard touchdown in New York. Mm, um, Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he, you know, listen, that guy, he's a strong guy, former state champion, power lifter out of Louisiana in high school. Um, you know, he can play. I love the depth that this running back room has, you know, mm-hmm. from top to bottom with Miles Gainwell and Boston Scott. And, and it looks like Jordan Howard will probably make the team um, probably the best blocker and pass protection. So he could be in there and obvious passing downs on third down to pick up anybody that's coming, uh, you know, up the middle or off the edge because he's good at it. Um, but I like this running back room a lot. In fact, I think it, it's one of the strengths of this team after the O-line, D-line. And then I would put the running backs as, you know, probably my third strongest group on this team. You know, one thing that I'm really concerned about, I probably shouldn't be, because, you know, none of the starters really played like Fletch and those guys. But at the end of the day, they had a real problem with stopping the run. And it was consistently with the threes and fours, twos, threes and fours uh, in all three preseason games. Now, I know I saw, you know, with, when we were in camp, you know, they go run a little double eagle or bare front, you know, where they cover both centers and, and I mean, both guards in the center. And then, you know, bring down Avery from the Sam to to the defensive end position. That way they have five defensive linemen down. I think they'll stop the run, you know, with those type of formations. But is there something that, you know, we're missing as far as, you know, our ability not to stop the run with, you know, at any point during this preseason? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure how many calls they made, you know, on the defensive side of the ball to kind of stop the run once it kind of snowballed away from them. But you're right, it, it's concerning. Uh, and this is a defense that has kind of prided itself on stopping the run right. on Schwartz. And now here we are three games in, every team is going over a hundred yards rushing against them by a lot. Um, but, you know, again, I, I wouldn't read into it too much because you didn't see a lot of that first team defensive line. Ryan Kerrigan didn't play either mm-hmm. uh, in any of these preseason games. He's kind of the forgotten guy. Uh, Alex Singleton, who's terrific, you know, at making tackles, uh, you know, he didn't play a whole lot. Um, Sean Bradley and Rashad Smith were kind of your linebackers. And that's why I say, you know, Bradley was kind of up and down and you wonder if maybe they look to deal him or Shad Smith's already been cut. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't read a whole lot. And Eric Wilson, another guy who didn't play a whole lot at linebacker right. in the preseason. Right. But yeah. I wouldn't read a lot into it just be, from the personnel side of things, a, as well as the fact that I don't think they were calling many run blitzes or anything to kind of stem that, that bleeding once it started to snowball. Uh, it's a lot of cliches there, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, they, they didn't do a lot defensively from the, from the head, uh, from the Jonathan Gannon's point of view to stop the run uh, with blitzes and various calls. So, you know, I think those two factors, personnel and defensive play calling kind of let me feel a little bit more comfortable with them stopping the run. I think, I think they'll be able to do it. Uh, they've done it with the predominant, you know, the, these all defensive linemen that they've had, for years. So I think they'll be okay there in that area. But again, Barrett, something to watch, you know, once they head to Atlanta and then they welcome San Francisco in for the home opener a week later. 
Yeah, good luck with that one. Yeah. Uh, we got about three minutes left with Ed Kratz. Uh, I don't know if you get into predictions, but if you if I asked you to give me one as to a record uh, for the Eagles with the extra game, what do you think this team is? Man, I haven't gone on record with the record. You know. Oh, well. okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that- my, my my thing, I my answer is always, and and maybe I'm getting a little closer to putting a number on this, but my thing is, I just want to see them get to November and December playing better than they are in September and October, uh, because that that October, November, December schedule is really when you're playing the meat of your NFC East opponents, and mm-hmm. you know if if the division hasn't gotten away from them, or you know they're still in the mix, nobody's run away with it, and they're playing better, and they're relatively healthy then, you know, maybe they can make a run at, at winning the East. Um, but again, I, you know, that's going to take probably 10 wins. And mm. if I had to put a number on it, I'd probably go under that. Um, I just want to see if they can actually, under Nick Sirianni and this new young coaching staff, be playing better uh, later in the season they, than they will be probably earlier in the season. So much to learn this year. I mean, yes. we, we, you know, see, we're, we're every every week is going to be like a, just a learning experience with the coaching staff. You know, so much the roster, Jalen Hurts. It's yeah. it's kind of it's kind of interesting that way. Like you don't really often have this. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. We're, do we're, you like this coaching staff? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I do. I think they're you know they're enthusiastic. I think they're good teachers. Um, you know, can they coach on game day, especially, you know, Nick Sirianni? I, I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Again, no. like Harry said, we, we don't know. There's so many unknowns. And But I like them. I think they're approachable. I think they're they're refreshingly honest for the most part. Um, whether it stays that way, we'll see. Yeah. And, and I'm really curious to see how it, they handle adversity because, you know, uh, this season's going to have some adversity, no doubt. Yes. Um, and I'm curious to see how they keep that team together. Uh, how they keep them fighting week in and week out, uh, you know, once some of these losses start to, to pile up, um, uh, you know, I want to see how they respond to that. And that's something we're not going to learn until we get rolling. Yep. I, I got them at seven and 10, you know, that's, okay. that's kind of this 17 schedule too is weird to me, like an odd number of games. It yeah. just seems bizarre. I'm thinking think it's, it's going to go to 18 at some uh, yeah. point soon. Right. Yeah, I think it will, and they'll, they'll drop down to two preseason games. And thank and God, schedule. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> All right, Ed, we appreciate it, man. Look forward to the season. We'll we'll talk to you soon. All right, fellas, thanks. All right, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Ed Kratz, si.com, Eagles Maven. Follow him on Twitter at Kratz, K R A C Z E. And I see Cam Newton has put a statement out, at least on his. I guess this is his Instagram. Says. uh, Adam Schefter tweeted the picture of it. I really appreciate all the love and support during this time, but I must say, please don't feel sorry for me. I'm good. One finger, one pinky, one thumb. Love. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Love, bro. That's what it's all about, Barrett. You know what I mean? Now, is there any better way to to wrap up the show than that? Thanks, Ed Kratz. (laughs) And uh, look forward to tomorrow. We'll we'll get some other guests up tomorrow. Maybe Tim McManus will join us. Uh, And if not, we'll get some more. And we'll get your boy Zangaro maybe tomorrow, you know, because we'll have the final roster of 53 by 4 o'clock today. Maybe Zach Ertz will be traded. Who knows how he's trying to wheel and deal 
this that we do know. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.